You are listening to the Lee W. Johnson podcast, season one, episode nine, titled Creating Servitors or Artificial Elementals in Practical Kabbalah. I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Today I'm going to talk about how to create an artificial elemental, which is the same as a servitor. We call it the artificial elemental in Kabbalah because it, it's created from the elements, rather than using personal energy or personal power, which is mostly used in chaos magic. There are quite a few differences between the creation of a servitor in chaos magic compared to practical Kabbalah, which is why I decided to give them each their own spot to prevent any confusion. To begin with, you're going to need to create a name and a seal, or a sigil, that represents the artificial elemental, much like in the chaos magic method. In order to do this, we need to use what is called the Yetzeratic Wheel. If you are familiar with ceremonial magic, specifically the Golden Dawn, you would have come across the Rose Cross. The Rose Cross has two parts, the rose in the central part, with the cross behind it. You'll notice that the rose cross has three layers of petals. The inner layer, which has three petals, are the three mother letters, which represent the three elements, air, fire, and water. The next layer are the seven double letters, which represent the planets or celestial bodies. And finally, the outer layer is the zodiac, which are the 12 simple letters. When it comes to the elements, in this particular application, we only use air, fire, and water, whereas in modern magic, people often use the element of earth for workings related to money. So, if you want to create an artificial elemental for anything money-related, what can you use? It's quite simple. Air is your mental element. It's about intelligence, the mind, the brain, and such things. Fire is more about passion igniting things, getting things moving. Water is emotional, sexual. Let's look at some examples of what you would do to create an artificial elemental for money-related aspects. A simple example would be a client that isn't paying. You need them to pay faster or you need them to move faster. I've been doing web development for years and often come across cases where the client says that they need this and that by tomorrow. But Trying to get the information out of them can take weeks and even months. In this case, you can use fire because it gets them moving. It ignites a flame under their backside, so to speak. Same with clients that aren't paying. Ignite fire under their backsides to get them paying. Now, let's have a look at air. Let's say, for instance, you have an online business and you're creating a course that you want to sell. 
Here you can use air to inspire you to create the course because it's all about knowledge. It's all about the mind. You're bringing knowledge to people. So that would be the aspect of air. Now, let's say you've created the course and you want people to sign up for it. Then you might want to use water because it's an online course that usually solves a pain point for your clients and for your audience. What you may want to do is ignite emotions play on their emotions in order to get them to sign up for the online course. You can use the three elements in a way that doesn't directly refer to the money, but they refer to the actions that you need to take in order to receive that money. So back to the creation of our artificial elemental. First, we create the name and the sigil, as I mentioned previously. I'm going to use the example of having created an online course, which we now want people to sign up for. I am going to use water and air because I want to play on the audience's emotions to drive them to go and sign up for the course. But the course is an online course and therefore it's about receiving knowledge, which would be air. Using the Yetzirahic wheel or the rose cross, we start with the zodiac, which is the sun sign of the person you are creating the artificial elemental for. If it is for you, then you would obviously use your own zodiac. If there is more than one person involved with the situation, then you can use multiple sun signs. I'm Virgo, so we are going to use that in this example. Then you need to select a celestial body. In this case, I might choose Jupiter and Sun, or Sol. We could also add Moon or Luna in this instance, as it relates to dreams and emotions. You will then go into the elements, and here we are going to use water and air. Now we have a selection, Virgo, Luna, Sol, Jupiter, Air, and Water. When I draw the sigil, I like to start with a circle and end with a curved line. The reason for this is the circle is representative of the beginning and end. It flows continually, and it is the zero point, the nothing from which all things come and all things return. From this zero point, the energy then travels along the lines. The curve at the end will bounce the energy back along the lines of the sigil, creating a continual flow of energy. So, we start in Virgo with the circle, and then draw a line from there to Luna, then to Sol, then to Jupiter, continuing to air and ending in water, which gets a curved line to cap it. You then need to take each of those and relate it back to the Hebrew letters. If you have my book, Elementals and Servitors, you will have all of the references in there. The ebook can be purchased on my website, leewjohnson.com. As per our example, we've got Virgo, which will be the letter Yod. Luna is Gimel. Sol or Sun would be the letter Resh. Jupiter would be Kaf. Air is Aleph, and finally water is Mem. You take all of these letters and you combine them and then come up with a name. In this case, we have Yod, Gimel, Resh, Kaf, Aleph, Mem. So we might create the name Y-K-A-M, for instance. So now we have the seal or the sigil and the name. Draw the sigil on a piece of paper Take it to your altar, and standing in front of your altar, you start breathing in the elements and direct them towards the sigil and build up again a ball of energy above the actual sigil, seal, 
whatever you want to refer to it as. Now, just a quick break for some shameless but necessary promotion. The next part of the process involves breathing techniques and pulling in the elemental energy into your body and then directing it out of various points of the body. I will run through it briefly here, but the full explanation is not viable for a podcast discussion. If you would like to know more, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, and purchase the ebook, Elementals and Servitors. It is $6.25. You will also find the Yetziratic Wheel with the translations and tables for the elements, planets, and zodiac with their related Hebrew letters. And now to get back to it. To put it into a nutshell, you'll be standing in front of your altar and then you surround yourself with the element. Because I'm using two elements here, you would work with one element at a time. So you would breathe in air and direct that into the seal and then breathe in water and direct that one. It gets a bit difficult sometimes if you do that, so try and stick to just one element. It just makes it a lot easier. For the purpose of example, I am going to continue with just water. You surround yourself with the element of water and then you would breathe that into your pores. This is called pore breathing. Once you have pulled the element of water into your body, you then push it out and direct it or concentrate it into a space on the seal or sigil. The points you push the energy out from are the five main energy points, which would be brow, throat, heart, solar plexus, and groin, and out of each fingertip. As you do this, you focus that energy onto the seal and start to create a ball of energy. You then repeat that process over and over again so that the ball of energy starts to build up and grows bigger and bigger until eventually you'll start feeling it push against you. When you feel that, just carry on pushing more and more energy into it so that it becomes more concentrated. Eventually when you're ready, you then need to launch it. However, this is only necessary for the one type of artificial elemental. There are two types of artificial elementals that you can create, much like in the chaos magic method spoken of previously. One that's going to go out and do tasks and one that's going to be formed inside an object. So it will be housed inside the object. For the first one, where you are going to be sending it off to go and do whatever the task is, you would do as mentioned earlier, pull in the energy, direct it into a concentrated space on the sigil and build up that energy. You then take your power hand and hold it just above the seal or above the altar. You then slowly move your hand in a clockwise direction all the time chanting the name of the elemental. As you circle your hand and chant, you progressively move faster and faster until it becomes a frenzy. When you're going really fast, your hand starts moving up off the altar and you move even faster and faster. Then eventually you throw up your hand, shout go and send it out. The other type is where you would put it into an object such as a plant, a tree or a rock for protection of your property maybe. You could put it into an amulet or a necklace for protection of yourself. Put it into a book for gaining knowledge. There are a lot of ways you could actually use this, but it's something you want to keep close by. In other words, it doesn't need to go off and bring things back or whatever it may be doing if you send it away. Now for this part, you will need to understand what a nefesh is. To explain it briefly, a nefesh is the lower self one of three parts of the soul spoken of in Kabbalah. It's worth finding out more about the nefesh as it's quite potent and quite powerful. 
The nefesh is the part of the soul which is action-based. The ruach is the part that retains memory, and so the two work quite well together because the ruach, which is the middle self, is the rational side, and the nefesh is the irrational side. The nefesh will go out and just take action, whereas the ruach retains the memory. Without memory, it's kind of useless, so the two work hand in hand. Everything has a spirit in Kabbalah, absolutely everything. Every blade of grass, person, being, object, everything has a spirit, and therefore everything has a nefesh. The nefesh is the part that you use for the practice of identification. There's lots and lots that we can say about the nefesh. It has knowledge of everything. It can bilocate and split into two separate bodies. So the nefesh can appear in physical form somewhere else, while you're in a completely different place. But to get back to the elemental, you'll be doing a type of identification, which is a practice where you enter the body of something else. For this example, we are going to use a tree. By entering the tree, you become the tree. Your nefesh combines with the nefesh of the tree, and you have access to all memories, emotions, and everything of the body that you are entering. In the case of the artificial elemental and the type which is housed, you basically combine it with the nefesh of the body, the tree in this example. The way you would do this is similar to what I explained before, but instead of creating a ball of energy and directing from the 15 points of your body, you would build up a ball of energy between your hands by using poor breathing, whereby you project the energy out of and between the hands. As you build up the energy, you start to feel resistance as the ball of energy grows between your palms. With this method, you place your hands around the object. So, you breathe in an element, and then you breathe out between your hands, building the energy in the objects, and therefore the elemental gets combined with the nefesh of the tree, in this example. When you are done, and if it is an object that is small enough to move, you can take it and place it wherever it's meant to go so that it can do its job. Incidentally, if you do a property protection elemental, which you put into a rock, into a tree, or into a plant, and put it somewhere on your property, you can create multiple ones. If creating a property protection elemental, a good element to use is air, because it's about the brain, the mind, the thinking process. It might not be so obvious why this would be protective though, so let me explain. Imagine somebody comes onto your property with ill intent. They're coming to rob your house. The elemental jumps into action because it realizes that the person has ill intent. The person stops, gets very confused, turns around and walks off the property, and as soon as they're off the property, they realize what they were there for. They might then come back again. And as they enter the property, they get confused again and can't remember why they were there. They walk off the property and eventually they just give up. It's because air is being used. It creates the confusion in the mind of the person who has ill intent. So when you're creating, really think what element you can use. Sometimes the answer is not that obvious. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel 
where I also host a live show every Friday with Rev Kai called The Black Hat Chat. It's just two witches chatting about traditional witchcraft and other topics. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>